As we fly through space on this 13th episode of Commander's Law, can you believe we made 13 of these? Thank you so much for being part of the live show extravaganza. This is USS Post Show, and we're flying through the space, covering you all the discovery happenings. Thank you so much for listening and watching live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and Twitch. And who am I? Well, I'm the cheapest number one in the galaxy. Blah, blah, boy, is the head communications officer of the USS Post Show, but I am not alone. You see, I'm being joined, as always, by my captain, John Weber, and a very special guest. She is known as the Admiral Ambassador Leslie Upson. Together, they are cooler than warp speed space scenes in space. Give up for the captain and Admiral <laughs> Ambassador. How are you guys doing? What's up, brother? Live long oh. and prosper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having us aboard, man. No, nah, man, it's your ship, sir. You know, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I'm usually uh, taking anger naps and Flobo's usually <laughs> running everything. So, honestly, I feel like I need permission to come through most of these bulkheads right well captain can you uh, if you would like to divulge like why do you have a special guest on this special episode with us today well it's interesting um uh first off leslie and i uh started doing comedy together you probably don't want me to mention the no year. we don't need to talk about the year we don't talk about the year it, it was, was year 2020 ago. that year was so long yeah. like 30 years yeah. than that year yeah. right yeah that's right um let's just say star trek the next generation was very popular at the time. Okay, so we're talking about the year. And, uh, yeah, that was definitely last year for me. That's when I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And uh, also, uh, Les and I were discussing uh, what rank she should be. Yeah. You know, you've made me the captain, and I, mm -hmm. I'm forever grateful for that. You're the best first mm -hmm. officer in the whole damn fleet. Everyone knows that. Uh, Les wanted to be, uh, she figured, that she should be one of the more um i don't want to use the word irritating well you know i just thought i should either be uh an admiral or an ambassador because they always come on the ship and are always like i have to take over and not be competent <laughs> so that's generally uh where i come in it's just stirring like, up the way yeah it's just like no i'm going to take the bridge now and i don't know how to do it <laughs> what's going on commander data so well, uh welcome aboard then yeah, <laughs> out of fear welcome our admiral ambassador aboard i'm high status <laughs> with no competence <laughs> that's, I love and it. that's not true <laughs> so glad but one of the one of the reasons I wanted Les on the show was I am always such a uh, blind lover of Discovery. <laughs> Discovery just makes me so happy, and I almost never, I never hold its feet to the fire. And Les That's is, budget, yeah, <laughs> she's a little more uh, no BS when it yeah. comes to this sort of thing. So. Uh, you know, she's going to help us sum up season three. <laughs> and uh, it might not be as sunny and as lollipops and puppies as I make it out to be. Because I have to admit, there are some things that bother me about the show. And uh, Les will give me a lot of permission to finally discuss that as oh, well. Well, that's good to hear. Because usually I don't hear that. Because it is me who's always in there going, well, really, I, you know, should Burnham cry as much as she does? And because uh, I know that's one of his things. It's like, no, it's good to show emotion. It's good to show emotion. 
<laughs> She's been through some stuff, y'all. No. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, that's, that's John's thing. It's like, I think it should be there. And I'm it's, like, really? Every episode, multiple times? Yeah. Honestly. It's, yeah. it's an emotional show. We've talked about uh, every episode has a moment where I cry. Well, so yeah, I and, for me. and I'm not immune to that either. It's just seriously. I mean, there have been criticisms. I know a lot of uh, groups are talking about that, that Burnham cries too much. And and mm -hmm. I say that's not invalid. You know, I, I think she does. <laughs> you know, let's get right into it then. Forget yeah. the episode. Let's talk about the season overall. 13 episodes, literally the shortest season by a couple episodes ever for this show. But it was kind of a soft reboot, it being flung far into the future. There was an yeah. overarching mystery, so a lot of things played to the formula. A lot of the cap, a lot of the number ones got scenes. Very, very discovery. I'm not sure it was very Star Trek. It's up for debate, but very, very discovery. But your overall thoughts of season three in this show, in this universe? So, so wait, are you are you saying that you don't think it's very Star Trek? No, I, I'm saying is it's it's very discovery. Some people may say it's not Star Trek. I disagree, or else I wouldn't do this very recap show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can say, but you can say inside the world of discovery that it plays to the discovery formula. I think oh, it's yeah, Star Trek, yeah. but it plays to the formula. But just your overall yeah. thoughts about this. Show. Oh well, okay. I think that actually, I, I think the thing I really love about it and that I love about Discovery is that it's not traditional Star Trek television and that's why I think it's a great show. They mm -hmm. are not staying within the rules and because they're doing that and instead trying to make a great show, they make a great show. So what I love about each season is that they create a storyline and they kind of end it and they kind of move forward at the end of each season. Yeah. And so to me, that's great storytelling. And what makes a good show overall is great storytelling. Okay. Not, you know, not just great actors or whatever. It's all about story. And I think they tell great stories. So for me, this is a really interesting season. I like their story, though I'm not sure I like the resolution of the burn, which destroyed the universe is created by a temper tantrum. Well, that's kind of minimizing the death of a mother. Very but, much, you know, very much. But I mean, seriously, it's like- I Get over it. Yeah. But, <laughs> like I said, total wet blanket. <laughs> but I mean, still, it was just like point. a giant cry in the universe destroyed the lithium or destroyed the warp drive. And that's just kind of, really? And, and yet- Fair point, Captain. <laughs> well, this is so consistent with the show, even with uh, talking about uh, Burnham's crying so much. This is a very emotional show. Oh, well, that's a good point. I would never watch Voyager and go, wow, the emotions <sighs> drive this show. Or Enterprise, the emotions drive you this show. You watch Voyager, full stop, sir. <laughs> well, you skipped so it. I always think of Voyager as it did its job it yeah. showed up, it had all the things that you have in a Trek, and yet why did it come up so short? Right. So Voyager is always a great example for me of right. that's classic Trek, but there was something hollow, there was something missing about it. Right. And uh, and still a lot of people love it. It's it's uh, legit Trek. 
a lot of people do. A lot of Trek fans love it. Oh, God. And uh, and everybody has their favorites and their least favorites. And uh, we tend to agree that our favorite was Deep Space Nine. Mm. A lot of years put into that show, and it really paid off. Although Discovery gives it a run for its money. Discovery definitely yeah. gives it a run for its money. Yeah. Very, so very high. Let me understand this correctly, because I am at the end of season three of DS9, and I'm I'm struggling there. I'm I'm struggling there. It's, it's like, hard. It better get good, bro. Uh, but but it's interesting that you guys, even with flaws and all, you have Discovery as like your top one of your top series. Oh, oh for yeah, me, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I really love the original series, but I'm not sure it holds up. You know, I think I like it more for nostalgia than anything else. But the one that I think is, how many seasons is Deep Space Nine? Uh, did they go to seven? Seven. Okay. Well, Deep Space Nine doesn't get good until the last, it's like really the last three or four seasons. That's when it's an astonishing series where it's a great series. The first couple of seasons are typical Trek. You're, you're, you're doing God's work. Yeah. 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 You're really, you're really sticking in there. But the end, the, certainly the last three seasons are uh, amazing they are operatic they are you know they they're the beginning did you see battlestar galactica uh i saw the reboot not the original that's what i mean yeah the reboot yeah yeah Yeah. it's like that it's okay it's kind of it's an earlier version yeah. yeah it's it's huge and expansive and kind of political but also social it's amazing and it was especially for its time it was not the kind of thing trek was doing you know so it was super cool but towards the end yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. the the part you haven't seen bro yeah nothing that today like my season four it'd be great (laughs) yeah it gets better but not right now yeah those early seasons are not great going through all early seasons uh except for discovery um, are difficult. I would even say so with Picard, a show I like. Yeah, which I don't. Uh, but that first season, if for we the record, can get... it was very middling for me. I, was, I didn't love it or hate it. It was kind of like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. Her. She was great. Yeah, yeah. there's stuff in yeah. it that I like, but a lot of it is just like, ugh, I can live without this. If what we can you? get three or four seasons of Picard, that first season is not going to be regarded the best season. Yeah. That's just, I, you know. Well, Picard's a robot now, so we're getting 200 of them. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what I want. Oh, yay. (laughs) That's the craziest resolution I've ever seen. We've given you an artificial body, but we've decided to make it also 80 years old (laughs) and probably going to die any moment now. Yeah, I know. Hooray. The galactic HMOs, man, I'm telling you. How hard for the future sucks. Uh, but but let's talk about this man the the burn right we got a resolution we know what it was yeah. we alluded to it before I was concerned uh, going into this episode because if it was to call necessarily it wasn't a villain we could actually defeat you can't punch him in the face right? well you could right? yeah right right but but here you have this issue where you're basically doing almost a refirst contact. Uh, for Sukal, you know, treating him as if he was like a like a pre-warp civilization, which I kind of said in a way he kind of was. He was stuck on this planet forever. Just, I know you, they put themselves in a corner where there would be no solution that would be 100%, but given the tools they had, how did it land for you guys? I didn't hate it. Um, I can't be super positive about it because one of the things that 
it presented was a very old Star Trek trope of the child with immense powers that he can't control. But also the Star Trek trope of the child who is raised without real uh, sentient contact and how Mm -hmm. they're all crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we, that's what we've learned. Like Charlie's crazy. Right. Charlie X from uh, original series. Uh, what's his Trelane name? Yeah, from Trelane. original series. Yeah. Q uh, was one of these, you know, I me no no human ways. Me <laughs> am interested because of you. Like th- this weird sort of, uh, you know, this this whole concept that uh, a child can grow up in a vacuum and he'll be crazy and, and like, you know, lethal, like crazy, crazy. Um, but again, this is discovery, so he's not lethal. He's just very emotionally fragile. <laughs> That's very discovery. Are we but all it, man? <laughs> it, it presents our challenge, which is a very Star Trek challenge, and that is how do I communicate something without ruining the communication? How do I change his uh, whole um, paradigm? of how he sees life because he lives in a hologram and how do I get him to accept the one thing he doesn't want to accept, which is reality. Right. And then we, we do find out how harsh that reality was for him when he was an itty bitty little guy, little Sukkot. Uh, right. And it, it is rough and it is emotionally challenging and uh, very discovery. Uh, yeah, to make you say his environment, Clover uh, says that he is a polyploid, which is genes affected by environment, which, again, it, it does answer a lot, but I could just imagine, had a Discovery not shown up, if they didn't show up in the future, we just would have shrugged it off and was like, I don't know, aliens, or what have you, and I wonder, I guess it's for the greater good, right, this is what Discovery is, they show they can help in the future, but I wonder, perhaps ironically, because this mystery is so large, their actual help was so small? And that it protected one soul, or they found this one soul on this planet. Well, there you go. That's very Star Trek, you know. Um, And and you know this is a writer flobo. It's it's very tough to maintain that balance of I want to create a big giant universe. So let's talk about uh, Green Lantern, for example. Let's (laughs) classic example. We see the guardians of the universe. From from Oa, and they have uh, they've existed for eons, and um, and they take in the totality of the universe as as who they protect, and uh, and how do we learn the story? We always learn it through the people from Earth who become lanterns. So we know Hal Jordan, we know John Stewart, we know Guy Gardner, we know their personalities, we know their failures and their successes and the people they fall in love with. So you gotta have your big story and you gotta have your small story. And if you're a good storyteller, you can switch between the two. Show me the macro, now show me the micro. You, you can do that extremely well. And uh, we're seeing that with Discovery. Discovery is always trying to tell you the personal story inside of the giant universal story. Right. Sure. Well, I'm a horrible storyteller, so let's take subjects for a bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, I, I want to talk to you about your opinions on the resolution of this particular storyline that's been kind of off and on. Uh, that is between Adira and Gray. 
uh, great Adira stored away. Uh, she landed as a Zahian on her in, in the holograph, hollow deck, hollow the hollow, I guess. The hollow, uh, they're great, calling it. Yeah. The hollow, yeah, and and I guess tragically she has to say goodbye to Gray once again, but not before Gray shows an awesome plot device of going through radiation while getting hurt. Right. Uh, just your thoughts about this because this was something that seemed like it was going to be a major storyline, but it kind of got put in the back burner some episodes and then it came back towards the end. I don't know if that worked for you overall. Now you saw the whole picture. Oh, I, you know, I just assume they're planting the seed for next season. Um, they will come up. I'm, this is my assumption. I assume this is just the, we're letting you know that he can be visible. And now next season, we will come up with science reason as to how we can make him visible forever here. Now he's visible. <laughs> and it'll be, you know, they'll, they'll come up with like spray him with magical radiation dust <laughs> and you know and now you can visit him and see him all the time you know if you get out a spray bottle of dilithium and oh poof gray appears you know that, I, I assume that's how he'll he'll become a character for next season that and, is the most romantic thing i've ever heard yeah i know <laughs> yeah. right i know no, I, well, the question is because, because you know, Adira is the tr she has the squid, right? She has the troll. I, I wonder right. if that would work. Yeah. Uh, well, they said that the you know the Hollow program had recognized him, so I assume what they're going to do is run it through some Hollow program, put her in a you know the they the technology can recognize him and yeah. physicalize him, so they will do that just like they did and probably create him as a character the way they did the Hollow Doctor with uh, Voyager. Voyager. Um, and, and that's actually a great step forward because one of the things that they did on Voyager was they created a holographic emitter that could go anywhere. And that allowed the doctor, who was the emergency medical program, that, that allowed him to walk around the ship and have a bit of a life. He named himself Joe. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't because I didn't watch oh. it that long. <laughs> I've gone back. Name. But... <laughs> but one of the great things about um, where they ended up with the Doctor character in Voyager was that he met other photonic beings. He met other beings who were made out of light and thought and uh, became very much his own person because of that. So I'm kind of hoping that Gray gets a chance to do that. Gray is very brave, as you say. Gray walked through all that killer radiation to see what was going on. And uh, wasn't asked to. That's not brave. I mean, he said it's very brave. But he said flat out that it wouldn't affect him. How is that brave? Uh, I think he said he didn't know if it would affect him. And wasn't he like he was walking through all those blue things? Judge of the plaintiff here. He says, "I am not cor corpius, corpius." So you, yeah. you know, it would affect him. It's not brave. Sorry, this corpus is something else. <laughs> Sorry, y'all, public school. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's very brave, but hey, you know, it was a cool gesture because you walked in pretty much slow motion like a badass. So, well, I know, I know, it did give us time to actually. That was my comment. Just like, wow, what a cool coat. He has really nice. Coat. <laughs> really nice clothes. Yeah. Fashion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a good Same coat. I, uh, don't don't let us get to the end of this episode without discussing the final costumes they're wearing. Oh yeah, that's oh true. that's actually going to be next, well, just a second. That's going to be right next. But uh, give it up for Jake Johnson, oh, guest of the show, uh, science officer. Late. Thanks for being a part of us, man. Cheers. This is the season finale. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for yeah. being here, man. I I did think 
that you were going to bring something up, Bobo, that, um, so I did want to put this to you, which was, I thought you were going to ask, well, if Discovery hadn't shown up, what would happen? So, right. You know, you know, like, so if Discovery doesn't show up, that whole world collapses, right? Absolutely, because the ship yeah. is unstable. Right. Yeah, right. Unstable, so Saru's that, gone. So then what happens? Does, you well, know what I mean? there's probably another burn. I mean, he'll yeah. probably lose his crap again, cause another burn, so whatever dilithium <laughs> is left is I mean. then destroyed. That's what well, I mean. Okay. There's Fair, but it's, it gets kind of lame if like the bird becomes a bird, <laughs> like another <Yeah>. one. <laughs> oh man, tell that kid to pipe down. <laughs> one of the burns. <sighs> Give him well, some and then, then dilithium just pretty much becomes fireworks. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. Well, I can't use it for fuel anymore, but let's just put it out in front of the house, and uh, you know, next time he throws a fit, we'll have a nice explosion. <laughs> You yeah, know, speaking of that, though, it was kind of convenient that the dilithium was like, oh, yeah, we have all the stuff we can mine now. It's all stabilized. Hot day. Yeah. yeah, I know. And problem solved. <laughs> and very interestingly, now the Discovery is a cargo ship. Yeah, I know. Delivering dilithium yeah. throughout <laughs> the universe. Uh, there's there's a good way of doing that, and I'm pretty sure that's the direction they're heading, which will be... Now it'll be like a five-year mission. You know, like, what's their major mission? Got to deliver some dilithium to grandma over on the other side <laughs> of the woods. But, oh, no, a big bad wolf. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. The, the thing of the delivery fees, Postmates. Uh, Joshua Postel, who's a friend of the show, says, what a finale. I actually agree. It was an hour long, one of the longest ones of the year. Uh, yeah. So either you love it or hate it, it definitely was a wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it yeah. was a wow. It was. It, it looked fantastic. We wow. we got the emerald chain um, uh, resolution yeah. that they've been teasing. Ish, but Cold I don't blood think murder. Yeah, I I don't think that's a resolution though. <laughs> no, they said the chain collapsed. There is no chain without Osira. They did say that. Really? Yeah. Oh, she has okay. A snake's head. But I got. Yeah, I mean, I thought she was just a. She was called a minister. I never thought she was like the head. Their major existence the chain is doling out dilithium so there's pretty much no dilithium now, right yeah as far as the chain's concerned right so if you wanted dilithium and osira didn't necessarily she didn't know that there was a lot of dilithium within the reach of uh starfleet so when she was well, joining the starfleet it was because they didn't have dilithium right because oh you out. mean prior to her knowing that book no yeah. way to dilute. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Basically, Osiris was a drug dealer, and then the government decided to legalize weed, and then she's out of business. That's kind of how it happened there. <laughs> Just uh, explaining well, it to regular folk. <laughs> you know how it is. You know those, those multicolored minorities have no op, no no power now because no, I'm just kidding. Cut, yeah, cut, yeah, um, <laughs> why you got? Why she gotta be green? because <laughs> she is, bro. I mean. <laughs> Uh, Green Karen. No, so the deal is, uh, with, with that now, I got to feel that next season, the, the remnants of the chain may reform into something right. else. I think the chain itself is pretty much over with. But if the chain does come back for whatever reason, they'll have to deal with Captain Michael Burnham? Yeah, Question mark, it's official, new uniforms and everything. Captain, yeah. what's up? I You know, I was never one of those people who felt that she had to be captain. Agreed. And, and I didn't feel that way on uh, Deep Space Nine when um, 
Avery Brooks was saying, look, man, why do I have to be a commander for all this time? Why can't I be a captain too? And it happened, you know, like they were in a war. Somebody had to be in command of ships and, uh, and step up and be a wartime captain. And so they made Cisco a captain. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel that that was missing from her story. And as I have said in previous episodes of Commander's Log here, uh, I felt a, one of the constant themes of Discovery, especially this season, was that captains don't know everything and they make mistakes all the time. And you don't solve things just by being a captain. Also, it was kind of like a punishment to Tilly. I know. Kind of like a punishment to Saru. Like, well, now nah, you've got to be this, you know, crazy guy's daddy. Like, <laughs> I feel okay. like that would. That sounds like a Maury Povers punishment, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a, you are the <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> he's doing the dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maury. Uh, no, the thing is, I, I don't, I don't know that we needed that. It feels extra, and it feels kind of like, well, we weren't sure if the sure if the show was ever going to continue, so we just had to make her a captain now. And I guess, yeah. and I agree with you, Jake. Yeah, those uniforms are, woo. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, um, they look like they're. I mean, my first reaction was, wow, they look like Burger King uniforms. They are terrible. <laughs> Can't take your order in space. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We both worked for Burger King in high school yeah, too. That like, was my high school job. We know so. those Dacron yeah. suits from the inside out. No, they look like cheap ass material. They're awful. Here's a question though, but why? The, I, I feel like Discovery uniforms are very utilitarian for work of the time. Yes. But these yes. just seem like thicker or is it just the, the color scheme? Like what is miss what is the, the secret sauce? I know. I know, I know. They seem like they're really thick and fat and not practical in any way. Yeah, like some yeah. bizarre felt. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Saru's a babysitter. Like, well, Saru's a dad, you know? Yeah. Uh, Stemitz is a dad. Culver's a dad. That's another weird thing. It's like Discovery dads. Yeah. <laughs> we created all these fathers. Well, you love redheads this season. Yeah. <laughs> getting, uh, getting back. Oh, I'm sorry. Just getting back to the uniform thing. Here's my theory. I hope it bears out. These new uniforms look to me. <laughs> Welcome to Burnham King. May I take you to lithium? <laughs> would, would you like the lithium fries with that? Uh, here's my Hi, theory. Leo. Hi, hey, Leo. Here's my <laughs> here's my theory uh, that these were uh, official. Uniforms, these are not working uniforms. Except there they were on the bridge working. Well, I mean, they just like, you know, they yeah. <laughs> they had just been commissioned. Now you guys are going to go out and be the delivery guys of dilithium. Hello. <laughs> and, oh. It does for Red Express. It yeah, does for Packers Express for our Futurama. Yeah. But but I'm I'm very hopeful that it was some sort of ceremonial thing that they're wearing these big, heavy, ridiculous uh new costumes and uh I can't even say uniform. They yeah, just look no. like costumes to me. And, and oh I just hated like the color stripe yeah, right. to denote well, what, what department you are. Yeah, that was the Burger King aspect. Yeah. yeah. 
basically, if you're a fan of the old uniforms, buy them now because they're going to be sold out next time season four comes out. Um, yeah, I don't but, know why. Might might as well. Uh, you yeah. had Burnham on the bridge sitting sitting her entire body on that captain's chair. Uh, again, you mentioned part one of my question, but part two is this. Tilly looked okay. Like she was encouraging, but she wasn't quite happy. But Stamets had some side eye. Uh, oh, yeah. Need some built-in fuse for next season, or am I just making too much of things? <laughs> you know, You're mixing it up. It's uh, stirring the pot. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's that old. It's only delicious if you stir. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's that. It's that that old Star Trek problem that we've always had, which was Gene Roddenberry felt that in Star Trek Next Generation there should be no. Uh, there should be no conflict among the staff, um, among the crew. And almost everybody has said that was a terrible idea. It it really kills drama to do that. And if you watch the first season especially, but the first two, almost three seasons of Next Generation, you see how much they suffered trying to do what Gene Roddenberry wanted. And this is very much not that show. They, They love Roddenberry, but... Uh, you know, they will have a, there's going to be a difficult relationship with Stemitz. Although, come on, Stemitz is a pretty difficult guy. Well, they yeah. started him out difficult, then they made him easier, and now he's difficult again. Well, they made him easier because, you know, he became a family man, and, and he adopted, uh, you know, Adira, and and now Gray, and and so, you know, he's like this sweet guy again. But yeah, because his family was on the line, and Burnham didn't let him do what he felt he needed to do. Yeah, there's going to be some real issues there. I yeah, agree yeah, with yeah. you, Josh. No, I agree. Serious. Yeah, which I think is good. I mean, the thing about Stamets that I, uh, if we look, you know, across the seasons, m- my issue with him is I feel like this season kind of violates his character. I, I don't agree with the softening because he's a dad. I actually, oh, go on. Go on. I think that's not. I just think they've gone too far with his softening because in the very beginning, he's established as this very prickly pair of a guy, even though he's in a very loving and committed relationship. He loves his partner. Are they married at that time? Uh, Well, they say partners. Okay. So he he loves his partner. He's in a loving and committed relationship. So we know he's, he's a loving person, but you know, at work, he's an asshole and everybody says so. So why does he suddenly become, you know, the hot lips hand, the, you know, I, I just feel like he violates his character in this season where he's just kind of, he's really super nice and understanding and he's got a heart. And it's I just don't think. towards Adira though. I mean, was that a MASH reference? <laughs> well, I just think it's not like who he is, but they're bringing back who he is with, as you say, the side eye, you know, I, I, they're bringing back it. his, you know, I'm I'm not an easy person. He's not well, an easy person. Well, for two things. Yeah, exactly. Like, I agree with you. He's a dick, and he should have stayed that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, in conclusion, uh, yeah. well, I mean, there, there's two things here at, at play, and that is Michael Burnham's in the captain's chair, and her lover, Booker, replaced him at least one time on that drive. That's two built-in conflicts, especially the fact that Booker is seeing Michael at this time. So, I mean, he may go back into that prickly zone just for the fans. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I know. And what is going to happen to Booker? Are we going to end? Are we going to get a whole episode of his the origin of his name? Because he said that I mean, like 
I'm gonna have to they're tell you. They're dropping hits and they're spiking the football, Leslie. It was just like, by the way, like, oh, for real, subtle, bro. <laughs> There's so much uh, that was great about Booker uh, know, this I whole season. Just a great actor too. Yeah, that guy's uh, great. But um, the the crazy thing for me was in the very final scene when we're looking at them wearing those terrible uniforms, and he's got that great black uniform on, and I'm like. Man, why did you guys go with the felt uniform, the big felt coat, <laughs> when you could just look at Booker and go, I want to look like that. Yeah. Cool. I, I wore a felt jacket in my third grade play. It was awful. <laughs> Didn't provide any warmth whatsoever. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had a me moment there. <laughs> you know something? Thank you. It reminded me of the one joke I came up with looking for, looking at their uniforms, which was, um, oh, it's a doorman building. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this missed the hat. They're missing the cap and they're good to go. Have a great yeah. day. Let me get you a cab. <laughs> well, uh, but just to wrap this up with this segment up, it, was it the right call, though, to have Burnham as the captain? Or is there anyone else you would have put in that position? Or they right. put, I mean, put themselves in the corner? Isn't that really the question? Like, who's, who's going to be the captain? Either you have to import somebody the way they've been doing. Or it has to be Burnham. It makes me so sad if we're going to lose Saru. Exactly. Well, that's the real sadness. Is are we? And it sounds like we are because she said, "Shouldn't we wait for Saru to come back?" Nope, we shouldn't. <laughs> that's oh, just, nope. you care about us losing Saru? What about Commander Nod, John? All season I complained for eleven weeks. No, I'm just kidding. You're absolutely right. Uh, and Saru's I totally understand because I, I fell for her too. <laughs> Maybe not as much as you, but <laughs> I do love her. Well, and, and she she really represented um, one of the sweetest parts. And I guess we've seen the same with, with Saru. We've seen the same thing, which is someone who said, look, I've been through all this stuff and I put my life on the line. But you know what? I got to go home and I got to oh, take right. care of some people and I got to be a good person and Starfleet isn't everything in my life. And that's unusual. We haven't seen a lot of that in all of the Star Treks where somebody says, you know what, I gotta go raise this kid or I gotta go get in touch with my people. Have we seen much of I that? I feel like we have, but I, you know, I'm, but I, I realize I'm hard pressed to give you examples. Sadly, I'll have to do that offline. <laughs> Fair enough, because I, I don't have anything on my head. But I know this I, season. You know, I feel like they do it in original series, but it's always with people who are guest starring. Oh well, I guess that makes <laughs> sense. So you know, Doctor Crusher. Okay, sure, sure, yeah, that makes sense. And I think you could also argue for. Um... Oh, I had it, but I lost it. Oh well, weed should not be legal. <laughs> I had it. Oh, Syrah, um, who's now dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of the crew, though, they, they had their part two, their under siege moment of trying to dislodge women in the cells. And I guess if you are a Burnham hater, you can say, well, it, had, it took the Burnham's coded message to get Tilly the idea to do it. Uh, bah humbug. But I thought it was a cool C plot to get everyone involved. But Lieutenant Owo stepping up. Her stamina comes through. Hardcore. Walk me through this. Uh, you know... How magical is that, that we start the season with the big, um, edgy question, was it the right thing to do for everyone in Discovery to go in the future? 
Was it the right? Because they all made such a huge sacrifice and it was so dangerous. And then when they get there, they realize what a deadly dangerous universe it is now. And uh, we see a lot of it through my girl, Detmer. Hey. I roll. Do you love my Detmer? (laughs) Why? Why is it I roll? Is she not cool? Is she kind of lame? Yeah. No, I, yeah, I have no love for Detmer, but mainly it's the, yeah, this is a horrible thing. I, I just feel like they've given that actress, and I, I'm really sorry to criticize an actor being an actor, but uh, I, I just feel like they've given her opportunities, and I don't feel she's risen to the occasion. You know, they gave her all this PTSD stuff, it's and I be. just didn't buy it. I see it. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's one of these where it's in the script, and it's just because it's written on the page doesn't mean that it translated to the screen. Crazy, and, crazy redhead. Uh, totally but, dig it. Yeah. Well, I mean, she wasn't crazy. That's the thing. She was just drumming fingers does not a crazy person make. You know, just because we get a close-up of her hand gripping the console doesn't make me go, oh, wow, she's going through shit. You know, I mean, it's not. It just wasn't there, and and they gave her episode after episode of this, you know, psychic trauma that I just didn't buy. Whereas, um, uh, oh, the other girl, oh, name I was, oh, oh, that girl, I feel like you know she does so much with all of her scenes, and I was so thrilled they gave her something to do. Well, in she this was episode. very exciting in Terra Firma as well, where she's the security officer, mm-hmm. and she's dangerous oh, right yeah 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 you know and yeah and she's giorgio's like right hand uh in that world so there's an edge to her and i the detmer story uh i can still claim is important to this because as detmer was having a hard time going through the main person with her holding her hand right. is Obo. yeah offering all of this emotional support and and uh you know being beyond yeah. her own life yeah and this is and a, helping other people this is a great example of how uh, it's the other actor who will sell the scene for you it the only thing that sells detmer's problems is owo's anxiety over it she sees her and it's her face that makes me go wait something's wrong with detmer <laughs> not detmer and that's a problem <laughs> uh, cool observation. I'm just curious. Was that the problem this season, or was that a problem always with with Detmer? You know, it's only for, for me. It was only this season because I feel yeah. like they gave them a little more to do this season, and they gave them more psychology this season. That's true. And I just felt like they should give more to the actress who plays Owo because I think she's got so much. I I, I think she should be given more to do. I, I think she's really interesting and. I just love her and and the girl playing Detmer. I feel like I also know that these jobs are freaking hard. Um, you know, working on these these kinds of shows, they're long, 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 long days. And it's I mean, we've been talking about Osiris accent and what the fuck is that? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, she's got this oh. weird like I'm English, I'm Canadian, I'm American. I can't uh, understand why it would be like this. Just what? Maybe the translator malfunction. We don't know. Jake, 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 Jake,
Nilsson. Nilsson's okay. I like Nilsson's okay. It, he didn't get much to do, but in the first episode with the uh, with the killer rice, <laughs> with the killer rice, I, I was hoping that Bryce would have had something to do because he, like me, is a communications officer. Maybe he might get some love, but he was yeah. pushed aside. Which is fine. There's always season four when it comes. Yeah, to I mean, uh, you know, this was always Discovery was always a story that was going to be about not being in the captain's chair and, and being caught in all of these issues and uh, conflicts. Uh, you know, on the bridge, but through the eyes of Burnham, through the eyes of one person. And so uh, we've been allowed through three seasons to finally get to where Star Trek almost always goes uh, post the original series, which is the bridge crew. Everything about the bridge crew, so important. And they were very smart in Discovery because you'll notice a lot of the bridge crew episodes are Jonathan Frakes directed episodes. So he's an actor who can work with other actors. Uh, you know, if you're playing Reese, you've looked at every script that's been handed to you and you've got six lines at the most. Yeah. And maybe they'll cut half of them or, or give one or two lines to someone else. You never know. So these guys have had a very hard time establishing who their characters are and yeah. where they come through. And we see, especially in this one, just jumping quickly back to Owo, we see what a team player she is. What, how how resourceful and strong that she's got this, I don't need to breathe as much as you guys, power. <laughs> but like that, that sounds dramatic. Oh, come and, on. <laughs> and my very favorite part, uh, you know, again, I am such a big softie. Uh, my very favorite part is the the sweet robot. Oh, that's my Fear dater is like, I helped you. And like, now I die. <laughs> you know, I'll probably like short circuit back in the day too. Johnny Five is alive. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no. turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> Leo Genesec, if you're still watching, I know you get this reference. It's the Tin Dog <laughs> from Doctor Who. Oh, There's yeah. the robot dog K9. Oh, master, I'd like to help you, master. And, and it's just that sweet little, you know, R2-D2 is nice too, BB-88, they're fine. But, you know, the wow, sweet uh, robot. To hell with those. <laughs> but this robot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, K-9. K- but, uh, yeah, there you go. There you go, Jake. You know. You know. Yeah, Jake's, Jake, he's a, a wealth of information. Uh, my moment in the movie, was in the show, excuse me, the episode, uh, was when the, oh, it was out of oxygen. And the doctor yeah. said, you must stand. And I was like, you're right. You tell a robot, man. I know. Just get a ro-. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I, I poo-pooed those 23s last week. I said, they look like the great kazoo. But, hey, they came through. They didn't do too much. They helped where they could. Right. And it was right. fine. Yeah. They sacrificed themselves over and over. You saw them getting blown, blown apart like crazy. And, uh, you know, I mean, we all know the sphere data went into all of them and they can be rebuilt. Uh, so it wasn't such a silly little R2-D2 kind of a, really? R2-D2 is in all the movies? That's kind of crazy. Uh, it, it's not quite that silly Star Wars level. <laughs> but but uh, we still do have the sweet little robot showing the spirit of sacrifice, protecting the crew the sphere data, as we've talked about through this whole uh, season, the sphere does love the crew, and and that's another kind of silly 
anthropomorphic, I think is the word I'm looking mm -hmm. for, <clears throat> making an object, you know, have human qualities. But that's that kind of sweet sentimental stuff that gets to the Star Trek nerds, man, right here. Unless he's pointing away like he doesn't have a heart. Why why do that? <laughs> right. He's like, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> was there any scene that, that worked for you in an emotional like that made you not tear up, but made you go, Oh, that's pretty nice or beautiful or nice or sweet or smart? There was, and I can't remember what it was. Because I do uh, remember was it uh, Saru with, uh, making that meal? Uh, was it Navar <laughs> showing up and not showing up? <laughs> was it the cooking episode? <laughs> 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 I don't know. We, we got everything this week. They're just hey look, yeah, this genre and that genre. It's like, no, chef, I think you know, it probably was the Roddenberry quote at the end, um, which oh, I really loved. Yeah. Uh, the Did you read that thing, the Roddenberry quote they had at the end about the, yeah. the communicate? If you can communicate with just two, two, two people, people, you, uh, you know, I mean, that that was moving to me, especially in these times. Um, uh, but uh, and then during the credit sequence. They play the original oh. Star Trek closing music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then we were mad because we, not mad, but we were disappointed because we thought, oh, they should have done like pictures the way they used to with the original series. They should have done like the stills. You know, there's like a Klingon and there's a castle. <laughs> and they had a green girl, you know, because there was Don't always a green girl. Was... you guys. There'll be pictures of Burnham crying in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> you get a montage. <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so take, take that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When we when we see um, the president of the Trill Planet uh, coming back at the end, uh, visiting mm -hmm. us from Schitt's Creek. Yeah, right. Uh, I, that was great. Loved that. Um, oh, you know, um, Nar Narvu. Nar Navar? Yeah, Navar. 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 Yeah. Okay. All right, too much Sorry. information this season because when yeah. they were talking about Navarre, I was like, wait, so Navarre is, what's Navarre again? It's um, it's the planet that the Vulcans and the Romulans share now. Yeah. So. Giant party now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what, did, it, did it touch anyone else's heart when we saw uh, Grey uh, appear? Because the hollow recognized is gray, so they all saw gray, and gray is a Romulan, and just a lovely Romulan as well. That was touching to you. Yeah, I was, like, gray I was like, "Oh, gray's there, might as well." Because you hear the thing; it's, it's 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 not gray's fault. I mean, gray is going to work, reading his lines, you know, reading the scene. But but I I never bought, and it worked out. But I never bought a deer stolen away. I never bought her stolen away. I never bought her going down. I don't I don't I don't I don't remember the scene of book going like oh a deer here here all right mate like I don't to me that felt so disingenuous so contrived if you will so yeah. anything else was like eh, maybe I'm heartless maybe I'm heartless. no no I can I can hear where you're coming from because I'm not sure we got enough establishment to know anything about uh you know how people feel about Adira or how many relationships she has with different people yeah I did even though the book knew her. I'm not going to try to rewrite the story, but like had it was Stamets on the ground, I can see why Adira would go because they had those many scenes together. But her right. helping out Saru and Culver was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I think there have been a couple of times we've talked about there were different uh, moments this season where we felt they shoehorned things just because it helped to move things along with the plot. Like just taking, just having Burnham go to Trill with her 
to with Adira when she went. I'm going, why is Burnham going? This makes no sense. And they said, because, you know, you're somebody who can understand what she's going through. Okay, bye. Yeah, I'm on the call sheet. I mean, Sonequa, get to work. <laughs> it was just like, you are the star of the show. You have to go. Right. You know, it wasn't really right. like there's a good reason in the plot. We just uh, go. <laughs> I, I mean, there have been a lot of deus ex machina moments. There have been a lot of, uh, here's my reasoning, and it's really flimsy, so let's do it. <laughs> go. Go. Uh, yeah. Plot, I, plot. I, I, yeah. I definitely see and hear that. And a lot of times they'll do it like they'll put it in Culber. Culber will be the one who explains it because um, what we establish in this season is that Culber is the heart of the crew. The heart, heart the country. chorus, it's all the same, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when you go through some stuff, yeah, you know, right, right. then then you attain this higher level of feeling and empathy and all that. And so one of the first people that they really put through the grinder was Culber, even yeah. worse than Stamets, who lost Cul Culber. Culber had to die. Culber had to come back. Culber had to put his brain back together. He had to decide that he was going to go forward with this crazy life. And as we've discussed, Culber's Culver's an extremely good doctor, should probably be the doctor in charge, but he isn't the doctor in yeah, charge. Yeah, which I didn't even realize until this season. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's Pollard, isn't it? Know. Yeah, it's Pollard, right? Yeah, it's, it's Pollard, Dr. Pollard. Yeah, yeah, the, I, Pollard. I, he had to point it out to me. I was like, oh, wait, whoops. Because I, yeah. I thought always the like head of medical was the one who goes on all the away teams. At least that's the tradition, but no. <laughs> No, Paolo's kind of like, stop asking me questions. I'm fine. Just go. Just go. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they understand you more on that planet. You should go, Tracy. <laughs> uh, uh, before we get out of here, real quickly, I just want your your opinion. After three seasons of Star Trek, if you can scale this big bad, Osira, scale of one to ten as a villain. Uh, just your thoughts about using her as a, the big bad this season. I hate to say it, but I find her a tremendous disappointment. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, she's related to Margot Kidder and and Margot Kidder was never one of my favorite actors. I had a little sentimental attachment to her. Oh my goodness, look at the much. face. <laughs> Everybody, John. Like that that to me is like a burn. Like, oh, she wasn't really one of my favorites. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> that's that for for me, that's like yeah. slander. That's like, I had no idea. I had no idea. Margot Kidder was so inoffensive. You know something, I, of all the, let, let's jump over to the, the uh, Superman universes. Have you ever had a Lois Lane that you liked less than Margot Kidder? I'm not a fan of Amy Adams, personally. <laughs> oh, oh, I yeah. love Amy Adams. Yeah, no, oh, I... Oh. I mean, hey, hey, she works. I just, I'm a Terry Hatcher guy. That's what I grew up on, you know? <laughs> oh, and you like Terry. You like Terry Hatcher. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, I've heard stories about her in real life, but as... as when when the show came out, I was like nine. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, anyway, getting back to uh, Discovery, what we got with Osira was um, she's a, she's evil. She kills her nephew. But then when she finally invades Starfleet, she wants to make a deal. And she's going to, this is a very good deal. She's really thought it through. 
and then, okay, but you can't be in charge. Well, then I'm mad, and I'm going to ruin everything. As a matter of fact, you should probably stand trial. How dare you? I'll throw this whole idea out. So, I mean, we had like this, she, she, she's evil, she's coming to get you, now she's drawing you in, she wants to make a deal with you, Mr. Starfleet fan and now she is intractable and she will not make any concessions at all so now she's evil again i don't know i don't know it was a mess it's no giorgio from terra firma right or uh lorca lorca it's no captain oh, lorca yeah lorca. lorca was great these are yeah. really good villains that is the know? first ever uh captain i've ever saw in star trek so <laughs> the gold yeah. standard is gabriel lorca if you could imagine that. yeah he was great <laughs> but also i don't think uh she was as interesting as her you know number one bad guy um yeah the, right. you know the guy from medium yeah <laughs> Wait, Jake wait, Weber. Jake Weber. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Not the uh, Zara, name Zara, of the character. The, the one arm. The one arm man. <laughs> Who exactly. died off an elevator? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and he and wasn't that weird. That reminded me so much of. Uh, is it Into Darkness with the um, Benedict Cumberbatch as uh, Khan, and yeah. they're on those like they're on yeah, those. Yeah. Like, Flying cargo Platform, thing, yeah. fighting and jumping. It, it just it was weird, man. Yeah, I, was dude, a- I had to stop and restart. I'm like, did they go to a planet? I had no idea where the hell they were. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We we were watching. Uh, her sister was in the room uh, watching with us, and she's like, "What the hell is that?" And I'm like, "Well, I guess that's the turbo lifts." And yeah. she's like. No, it's not. That's not how turbo lifts work. Because in the future, (laughs) turbo lifts don't have elevator shafts. Yeah. They're just boxes that fly around inside a giant hollow ship. Yeah. Okay. I know. It was interesting in that, like, oh my gosh, they're showing us how this works. Oh, that's cool, I guess. How does this make any sense? Yeah. Weird. I don't understand. <laughs> and apparently, uh, Zara died insulting a cat, which is one way to go out, right? Oh, yeah. And that was that great, like, Bruce Willis moment yeah. of, like, you know, yeah. eating a germ. <laughs> like, that great, like, and, and yet, the bookend, you know, right in the very beginning of this season, I told you, she's a queen. And right at the very end, she's a queen! And there's just something awesome about a handsome black man saying someone's a queen. Yes, I agree. You, you know, you know that, Flobo. But I got to take notes. I never tried it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing out. You got to try that, man. I've seen, I've seen it really work. Uh, for real, for real. Uh, so, <laughs> final question uh, for me and for everyone watching live. Thank you so much. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, make sure you hit the like, follow, subscribe, like, follow everyone on these social media handles. Uh, if you had to rate Star Trek Discovery Season 3 1 to 10 or 5 stars or whatever you do, how would you go about that? What are we, what are we comparing it to? Are we Just, comparing it to the other two seasons? Personal enjoyment of this season in a bubble. Oh, oh, in a bubble, all on its mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I'd probably give it a nine. Nine out of ten? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would too. I mean, this is um, just structurally, this is a great moment for, for Star Trek because they got out of the um, 
uh, TOS happens here, then TNG happens here, and then Deep Space Nine, and at the same time, the Voyager, but let's go back, and now uh, Enterprise is here, and now Picard is after this, but before that, and so, you know, we were dealing with a timeline, and they came up with a way to go, the, all the timeline, that's fine, everybody, it's over here, and now we're in a time where you don't know anything. You're learning everything all over again. Starfleet is not the, at all the same Starfleet you remember. And everything's new and everything's in jeopardy. And there's so much drama and conflict to be had. So they were very clever to move everything forward and, and have like a clear vista in front of them. I have no idea. I don't think any of us have any idea what season four could be like. And that's great. That's just good writing. Yeah. I agree with you. I think as, as somebody, and I mentioned this a billion times, it's the first time here, Star Trek Discovery is amazing because it's my first exposure for Star Trek, and I really did not like season two because of the fan service, because there was just this giant upswelling of making it more real Star Trek. There was just, every episode became a homework assignment, and it felt like they were trying to add more tendrils to the main uh, continuity. So now we're over here, I was able to enjoy, yeah, I have to stop and be like, What's this race or what's that? Yeah. But it wasn't as bad as season two where it's like, you have to realize that Talos 4 is a big deal because, hold on, uh, pause. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it was just a pain in the butt. So, right. I, you know, for me, I, I would say it's like an eight for me uh, if, if last season was a six for me. Uh, I do think it was an upswing uh, in my case here. Jake says uh, he gives it a four out of five. So we're on the same Four out of five. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, there's still room to improve. Still, still ways to get better here, oh, but Linus, the, of course, yeah. yeah. Where was Linus? You know, Linus was listed in the credits for this episode, and you know me, I gotta have my Linus. Where was he? I'm gonna have to watch this episode again, like scan the background, see if Linus is back. I'm teaching my score, guys. Let's <laughs> see Linus. Uh, well, yeah, uh, Leslie, John. This season has been a pleasure doing Commander's Log. First time doing an after show for Star Trek, and you've made it fun. You put up with him making it fun. <laughs> I appreciate you, but uh, if you guys could tell the world where they can find you, stalk you, business inquiries, where they can scope you online, that'd be great. Do you want to? Nah. Okay. <laughs> I just did Don't follow. <laughs> Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Hello, uh, at hello, John Weber. Uh, having a lot of fun on Twitter. Always glad to see you over there. Also on Instagram, at hello, John Weber. Oh, you're checking in on Instagram now. Yeah, a little. <laughs> like 25 gimmicks, man. It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's, that's true, too. Uh, Applebo Boys on Twitter and Instagram. Applobito on Instagram. Flobito.com. And newamsterdam.com. K-A-W-Amsterdam.com. This is goodbye for now. But we got some more stuff happening over in the Hello John Weber Network. Uh, to That's right. Yeah. I'll keep you guys in the loop. Captain, take us out. You're a great damn crew. Thanks for being with us on this journey. If you got to go take care of a giant man baby <laughs> named Sukkot, go do it. But come back. We'll talk to you soon. Live long and prosper. Got to fly.